0: Thank you. Hey guys and welcome back to a new episode of this awesome podcast and I know it's been a really long time and I'm actually so bad at sticking to an actual schedule, but I am back and now I just wanted to go over some things that have changed. So, um, I have recently changed my Instagram name to amygdala underscore 95 which is i think is the same as my twitter tag um so yeah if you don't follow me on that i also have my facebook page same name Activate the amygdala um my twitter is amygdala underscore 95 and so is my instagram my snapchat uh i just have to change that because <laughs> it gets mixed up with another um username i guess but yeah if you don't follow me you can follow me there um i also have new merch out which is really cool um shirts will probably be coming soon but i have stickers out i got pins out you could check that on my website it's valswebsite.com check it out message me if you want any that'd be great so now we're going to start with the story of zachary davis he was a 15 year old who murdered his mother with a sledgehammer and he tried to burn his brother alive so Basically, he was on the Dr. Phil show, which we're going to listen to that in a bit in this episode. And when I tell you guys, it is the weirdest and most uncomfortable interview since I watched that John JonBenet interview with her um, brother, I don't remember his name right now, that this one is just something that made me like, wow, this made me have all the chills ever. And I'm not someone that gets easily spooked, but just, it's just, you'll hear it. So let's start this off. Zachary was a quiet and reserved boy who clearly had a history of mental illness. His father died when he was around nine years old. He died of a disease called Lou Gehrig disease, which is when your nervous system weakens your muscles and it impacts your physical function very much. And there's really no cause of this disease at all. So he was taken to the Vanderbilt University Medical Center right after his father passed away. The psychiatrist noted that he did suffer from some kind of mental defect. So Zachary claimed to be hearing voices, especially like his father's voice and seeing things and having just random episodes. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and depressive disorder. Although he was pretty quiet, he just started to become much more withdrawn from his family and much more on his own. So when he started, he at his Fourth session, his doctor, Dr. Freeman, told the courts that Zachary claimed to hear his father's voice at this point. So, psychologists recognized that he was experiencing a very deep depression, like the one Zachary had picked up after the death of his father, which is something pretty normal. So, when Zachary he went there was these three phases that he had to go so he did go through the first two phases which was the most common ones um, numbness and depression but he didn't make it to the third one which is recovering from all of this because his mother pulled him away from these sessions so his grandmother was very angry at this point saying that this help could have helped him in recovering completely 100% and not have done what he did unfortunately Um, the family moved over to Sumner County in Tennessee and they just moved on with their lives as well they thought they were so Melanie who worked as the paralegal and trained hard as a triathlete she did her best to pass her husband's death and to keep her boys happy Um, To her youngest, Zachary was just a little too much for her to handle. He often spoke in this really very monotone, weird voice. like Not like a voice. It was like a whisper. And he would wear the same sweatshirt all the time, every day. He had this application on his phone about crime, about serial killers, and listed torture devices um honestly if that's weird then I'm very weird because honestly I do most of those things (laughs) I have a favorite sweater I don't have an app about serial killers I mean is there one I would download it um I kind of feel weird now reading this I kind of like make it it kind of, like, seems like something i do anyways. Anyways, let's not talk about me. Um, his notebooks were written in these really weird, disturbing, kind of notes saying, um, quote, you can't spell slaughter without laughter. He read the Stephen book novel Misery and played violent games. Honestly, I've done all that. I don't see what's so wrong about this, honestly. It's kind of funny. Hot Topic, I think, had something like that. Actually, no. I'm not saying Hot Topic. I don't know where I saw that. It was like in 2007. That whole emo face bullshit. Yeah, yeah, was it wasn't a song? I heard that somewhere and I don't know where it is. But I don't think it's weird. I honestly don't think that's weird, honestly. Um, So, it wasn't really evident that it was going to show that he was going to commit these crimes in the future until August 10th, 2012. So... Zachary, his mom and his brother who was around 16 years old, his name was Josh they went to see a movie so when they came back um, they packed several things into a backpack um including like clothes a notebook a toothbrush gloves, ski mask and a claw hammer um it seemed that Zachary was, it looked like he was gonna run away from home but He was actually planning something much more sinister. So his mom, Melanie, went to bed at 9 p.m. When she was asleep, Zachary went into his bag and retrieved the sledgehammer from the basement and entered her room. So he came in, opened the door, and he bludgeoned her to death and struck her nearly 20 times. He was drenched in her own... in her blood, and Zachary closed the door, went to the family game room, and drenched that in whiskey and gasoline before setting it on fire. He shut the door and just ran away from home. He tried to kill his brother Josh in the fire, but because he closed the door to the game room, the fire didn't completely spread immediately. And the older brother, Josh was, he start he woke up from the fire alarm, and he went to get his mother, and he found her in this pool of blood. So Josh escaped the fire to a local neighbor's house. Zach was found by the police nearly 9 to 10 miles away from his house. He told the authorities that, quote, I didn't feel anything when I killed her. So in a confessional that was videotaped that was given to as evidence in the court, Zachary gave this horrible explanation and this weird his weird voice again. He explained how that the disembodied voice of his father told him to kill her. When asked by the detectives in the confession, if he could go back in time, would he still carry out the attack? Zachary said, I would probably kill Josh with a sledgehammer too. So the defense attorney, Randy Lucas asked during the court, quote, did he tell you to do anything specific to your mother? Zach said no, and he showed no remorse or any emotion at all when investigators presented him with pictures of his mother's blood-soaked body. And he, he even looking at it, he, there was no emotion. There was just no flinch. It was absolutely nothing, as if it, like like looking at a wall. So, he said he picked up the sledgehammer as the murder weapon because, quote, I was worried that I'd miss and that this tool adding, gave him the highest chance of killing her. So during the court, the judge was also presented with Zachary's interview um, with the Dr. Phil show, which we're going to play in a minute. So when they asked him, why did you kill her? He said, she wasn't taking care of my family. He started laughing and he described how large and heavy the sledgehammer was. He also laughed when he described the sound of the sledgehammer made when connecting to his mother's head. He said it was a wet thumping sound. Then he started giggling, which is fucking crazy. So, when asked why Zach hit his mother multiple times, he replied, quote, I wanted to make sure she was dead. Well, no, are you fucking kidding me? You all heavy? I don't know if any of you carried a sledgehammer. I've carried a sledgehammer. That's heavy as hell. Even just killing anyone, even with a normal hammer. Th- yeah, that shit hurts, I would imagine. But a sledgehammer, it's like three times like the weight. That's no, no duh. She's going to be dead. Um, at this point in the court, Zachary tried to blame the murder on his brother. Um, it surprised everybody there. And he admitted he... The defense attorney who admitted openly in court that Zachary Davis killed his mother. The defense was trying to get some lenient sentence for Davis and they tried to pin the crime on his brother, didn't help him at all, obviously. So the judge said, quote, you became evil, Mr. Davis. You went to the dark side. It's that plain and simple. So the justice system and the juror, um, gave the notion that while Zachary had clearly premeditated his mother's murder, obviously with the backpack, um, it was also apparent that it w- he was deeply, obviously mentally ill, crazy as hell. Um, basically, and then Dr. Phil looked at the teen. He said, when I look in your eyes, I don't see evil. I see lost. Um, Zachary's grandmother appealed to his severe mental illness and the lack of help he received. And she said, quote, every teacher, every guidance counselor should have to stand trial with Zach. Zach is not a monster. He's a child who made a horrible mistake. She believes his mother failed to get him the right help at the time. And she shouldn't have pulled him from the therapy and that she paid for the mistake with her life. So, Dr. Freeman, the psychiatrist that was helping Zach at this time, I diagnosed him, also testified in court saying, quote, judgment was driven by his psychosis and that because of his mental illness could not have possibly premeditated the murders. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, he took his sweet time packing a backpack, but um, okay. The jury and the judge didn't feel the same way, however. So Zach was sentenced to life in prison after a jury deliberated just three hours to reach a verdict. A life sentence in Tennessee is a minimum of 60 years and the possibility of parole after 51 years. Zachary Davis will be in his mid-60s by the time he gets out of prison. I mean, whether or not people argue if this is cold blood premeditated murder or this was, you know, his psychosis screwing with him. I think it's just a horrible story. I think, in my opinion, I don't know. I'm kind of on the verge of both because people... I've actually met people with, like, psycho... I mean, um... Schizophrenia. And it is just terrible to see. It is very sad. And I don't know. Honestly, I'm in the line of both. I just feel like it's much more premeditated. Um... I don't believe the dad thing as much. I mean, he started packing a bag and he knew what he was doing. Um He started a fire, which um, he didn't say. He didn't say that his father said to, you know, set the house on fire and kill your brother. I didn't see anything when I was looking this up anywhere that says that. So, I mean, that's pretty much on his part. Maybe he just said the whole thing about his dad so he wouldn't be in jail for so long i don't know but i think that's fucking crazy so let's listen to just a a little bit of this interview guys when i tell you it's freaky it is freaky as fuck it is weird he has this weird voice and it just gets me it gets me all goosebumpy. so i'm gonna play it right now
1: When did you decide to kill your mother? No, I decided the day I did it. And the method you chose was what? Uh, beating her to death. And you, you beat her to death with what? A uh, sledgehammer. Uh, and how many times did you hit her with the sledgehammer? I don't remember. About. Did you hit her once or did you hit her ten times or a hundred times? I'd say about twenty times. Was this a three pound sledgehammer, five pound sledgehammer? I don't know. Heavy? Yeah. Way bigger than a hammer. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where did you hit her? In the where was she when you did this she was in her room what was she doing she was asleep okay so your mother was asleep in her room and you opened the door and went in there Uh okay and you need to help me understand here you're standing outside her bedroom door You've got a sledgehammer in one hand, you've got your hand on the doorknob with the other, and you open that door, what's going through your head at that moment? I don't remember. My mind was pretty much blank. Where did you get the hammer? I uh, got it from our garage. Did you go out to the garage to get it that night? This was about 11 o'clock at night, right? Yeah. So where were you right before you went to the garage? Where were you when you made up your mind to do it? I was in the living room. Girl,
0: was I wrong or was I wrong? (laughs) <laughs> Tell me that shit was not fucking terrifying. Honestly, like <laughs> he needed to play some sports, he needed he needed milk, he needed to play like hula hoop outside, he needed to listen to music, he needs to like <laughs> he needs to download some Spotify and listen to some fire music. Like uh, no joke. He he really needs to do that. that is the end of this episode I told you it was crazy as fuck um you'll probably listen to this voice your entire day I'm sorry I ruined it um it's really weird he'd be a great podcaster I think his voice is like think about it this way he could be a pretty good ASMR kind of guy if he uses his voice the right way but anyways um stay tuned there will be no more episodes coming up definitely I'm gonna try to do this maybe once a week we'll see how this goes um follow me on all my social media you can find it all on you can find it all better on my facebook which is activate the amygdala or my website which is valswebsite.com bye